This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yep, 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 yep. I am your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast episode. Who the fuck knows? Um, I don't lie to you guys. Full disclosure. I tried to record this. I bought a camera, right? I'm trying to add more content. I'm motivated. I feel good. And fucking, I look up and the goddamn thing stopped recording. The same thing happened to my, when I recorded with my phone, uh, with the awesome podcast. Stop recording. I go, well, what the fuck? I go, low battery. I just put batteries in it the other day. What? I mean, like you can't record for 20 minutes with the battery dying? Whoa. You know, I don't know how people do it. Like if I, if I was, if I was getting a professional, like I considered myself not a professional podcaster, but I take it very seriously. I take it very professional. All these video podcasts, I mean, that's what people want. They like video podcasts. I mean, they get hits on YouTube, double ad revenue. I get it. <clears throat> but, I mean, that's why they got producers. That's why they got people pushing buttons and saying, hey, hang on, let's stop. So I had to re-record everything. Everything was a watch, right? Plus, I didn't really like how I started, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, typically, I'm one take Brian. I fucking one take I'm out. But uh, but this this time I, I I restarted because the camera fucked up, which pisses me off like you wouldn't believe. Um, I'm trying to get things right. I'm trying to post more things. I'm trying to I'm trying guys. I'm trying and batteries run out. God damn it! Well, welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I I'm excuse me for the outburst um yeah so i mean it's kind of a an off week for us right we didn't have a ufc this weekend so there's not a ton of recap but there has been a ton of news there was bellator you know do what you want with that right i mean i'm not gonna sit here and recap the entire thing i will say i did watch the main event uh sergey hiratana versus matt mitrione um you know it's a second tier product guys okay like um if matt mitrione's your main event it's a second tier product. No offense to Matt Metrion. Listen, he was kind of a dick to me via DMs months ago when I first launched his podcast. He lives in Indianapolis. I thought it'd be cool to get him via phone interview. I said I was going to drive to Indianapolis. Let's you know, let's interview there. He's been to Cincinnati several times to train. I've never met him, but um, yeah, kind of a dick, right? You know, wasn't uh, wasn't the most friendliest guy to me. And I said, oh, okay, well, fuck me then, right? Um, but no, I mean, I don't think he's a bad guy. I just think he was a dick to a stranger sliding in his DMs. But you know, what do you get? No. Um, but yeah, he lost the cigarette turn off mouthpiece. Couldn't, couldn't keep his mouthpiece in and I'm getting knocked out, uh, is what it is. But yeah, I don't get super jazzed about Bellator stuff. I did watch the card. It was 13 finishes, which is awesome. Good for Bellator. Um, you know, I saw a lot of traction, a lot of people on Twitter talking about it, whatever, but I mean, I'm not going to, you know, waste my Saturday, Friday night, whatever night it was on. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to watch the fights. I like fights, but I'm not going to, you know. My life revolves around a big UFC. Let's just put it that way. So um, besides that, there wasn't a ton. You know, I start my weekend. You know, I start my weekend. I start my uh, wishes weekend. I start my podcast off with a little uh, personal anecdote. But, you know, really, guys, I just I've been so lazy. I have been. I haven't been working out. I've been dieting still. Still trying to lose the weight. But, you know, still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hovering right around what I was. I think I'm a pound down, maybe, you know, sweating at work and whatnot, but, um, you know, I was losing weight a lot quicker a couple weeks ago because I was working out and I was eating right and everything. Just been lazy. 
you know? And thankfully, my wife hasn't really said much about it. I kind of said something to her the other day. She works all day, Monday and Tuesday. I work as well, so I come home and take, take care of the little one all day. She came home on Monday. I didn't do the dishes. I didn't really clean up. You know, we have these little cubby holes full of toys. Usually, I straighten that up. You know, the, the kid just tears into it. Uh, I did not clean that up. I, I did nothing. I played Madden on my PlayStation. Like, I was balls deep in whatever, you know, my season fran- a franchise or whatever. Um, then she came home Tuesday, right? I, and Tuesday morning, I saw her, and I said, you know, I haven't been doing anything. She's like, I know. So, Tuesday, I made dinner. Gave the baby a bath, which, you know, you know no, no big deal. Um, cleaned up all her mess like three times. Every time I cleaned up, she got she took more shit out. And then I did all the dishes, right? Took out the trash, right? Did everything. Did everything I was supposed to do, right? She comes home, made dinner. She got Taco Bell. So that was step one, fuck you, to me, right? I made dinner. She's going to stop and get Taco Bell. She knew I was making dinner. Wasn't a surprise. Uh, and then... Not even a word about what you know what I did. I haven't said this to her, right? She doesn't listen to podcasts. She's never gonna hear this. But you know, I'm gonna come out and be honest with you on Monday and say I haven't been doing anything. I'm sorry. I'm lazy. I've been a I've been a bum. And she's like, I know. And thankfully, she didn't like rub it in my face because God knows I would have rubbed it in her face if she was home all day and didn't do anything. I mean, listen, we have lazy days. We're allowed. We're allowed. We're allowed that we're humans. But Tuesday, I fucking got on it. I worked, I came home, took care of a two-year-old, make sure she didn't hurt herself, fed her, bathed her, put her to bed, cleaned the house, made dinner, did the dishes, didn't do laundry, I don't think, took out the trash, trash night, Ah, took care of the dog, got a little dog here, not a little dog, he's a big dog, fucking 75 pounds, fat fuck, and she comes home, no, I made dinner, get Taco Bell, now I can't blame her, because I like Taco Bell. But, uh, you know, say, oh, hey, way to not be lazy today. Hey, way to not be a piece of shit today. Hey, thanks for doing what you do. Nothing. Nothing. So, oh, uh, here my daughter. So my, 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 my daughter can open doors now. I'm ready to fly in here. I was testing the camera yesterday. That's probably why I wasted all the fucking battery. And, uh, you know, my wife's at work. I was, you know, testing the camera, trying to sync up the audio, all that stuff, all the tech stuff. And she's like in the background the whole time, just yelling, but like loves the camera. So a little nervous about that moving forward. But, um, other than that, really haven't been doing much, right? Just lazy, lazy. I've been going to work doing this, thinking about fucking UFC Abu Dhabi. I can't wait for it. I mean, UFC China's this weekend. We're going to do the China picks at the end of the show. So this could be kind of a twofer. Um, you know, we'll kind of run through those quick. It's not a deep card, um, but you know, I'm, I'm it's th- listen, China's a big deal. China's got what 8 billion people or whatever it is more than that. Probably, um, 50 billion. I don't know how many billion. Um, but they're, you know, you know, when a market's big, when they don't cater to American audience. So the prelims start at 3 a.m. Saturday morning, East coast time. That's my time. And then they start at 6 a.m. The brain card does. I'm usually up about eight. So I'll probably catch the final two fights. Maybe. Um, I'm definitely not going to wake up at 3 a.m. I used to as a kid. I used to, as a young man, as a kid, I used to wake up and watch those prides in Japan. I used to be all over it. But I love a good midday card. Next, not the seventh, Abu Dhabi, UFC 242. That's like a midday card. I can't wait for that. I'm fucking pumped for that. Um, but yeah, so we'll do China at the end of this. And um, yeah, so let's get started. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Well, you know, there's a lot in the docket, right? There's some sad stuff. There's some good stuff. I mean, obviously, the big thing last week was Connor's interview. 
Um, I tweeted about it. I thought he, I thought he came out pretty well. Um, I know a lot of people, Josh Gross, Luke Thomas, all these fucking, you know, sticks up their ass guys. They're going to be, they're upset with Ariel for not asking the sexual assault questions. Everyone's going to nitpick the interview. You and me, I don't like Ariel Hawani, right? I, I don't, I don't like him. I think he's a cornball. I think he's cheesy. I thought he did an okay job, right? I don't think it was, you know, it, it wasn't fucking CNN news. It wasn't, you know, hard factor. If that's even a show, I don't even know what the, I don't watch politics stuff. But it wasn't one of those shows where you need to really press the issue. The sexual assault thing, I've heard a little bit about it. It kind of faded away. Connor's denying it. Haven't heard anything else. I know it's in Ireland that's being handled separately from America. Um, obviously, he addressed the punching the guy in the face. He owned up to it. Says it's 100% my fault. Uh, Ariel kind of pushed like, well, what did the guy say to you? What did he do? And Connor said, it doesn't matter. I shouldn't have done it. Blah, blah, Owned up to that. And then a lot of the was about him coming back and he's excited about fighting, which made me excited. I think he is eager to get back. Right. I think there's a lot of challenges for him. There's a lot of be money to be made. I think he wants to kind of put this to bed. Now, with that being said, he could obviously fuck up tomorrow and you know, this whole thing could be mute. Um, I just like him being excited about fighting. I don't really care about proper 12. I don't really care about his fashion line. I care about him being a part of MMA community because he makes it better. Hate him, love him, whatever. He makes the sport better. He brings more eyes to the sport. More people talk about it. I love when casual fans, you know, a lot of people hate it, but I love when casual fans decide to talk about the sport. You know, we talk, I talk, I sit here and talk to you every week about it, right? I love it. I live it. I like when a casual fan talks about it. Um, and Connor's the guy that really bridged that gap to really have, you know, to bring casual fans in. And I think MMA is significantly better with him in it. I think he brings entertainment value. Um, you know, he he said like nine names. Kenny, uh, and, uh, John Anik and Kenny Florian did a great job breaking those nine name downs on their podcast. I'm not going to steal their bit, but um, you know, like you know, Kenny ranked them, and I think he put Gaethje at number one. That was a fight that was supposed to happen. I like that fight. I I, I think that'd be a good fight if Gaethje gets past uh, Cerrone. Action packed. They both moved forward. Both stand-up guys. I don't think Connor have to worry about getting taken down. He did say he would kind of rather fight a, someone similar to Khabib because he wants to get back to Khabib. Um, I'm hoping they don't give the winner of Poirier Khabib Connor right away. I think Connor maybe should fight before that. Um, I like the Tony Ferguson fight. Now, Tony Ferguson should be fighting for a title. So Khabib or Dustin win, and they want to turn around in January, December. Probably not, but if they do... Tony Ferguson's the guy. And then Connor can go fight either Gaethje, uh, Masvidal, Diaz rematch. He called out Frank Yeager, said he respect Frank Yeager a lot. He thinks his uh, style is similar to Khabib, which I necessarily don't really agree with. I think they, they're they similar in a way, but they're also very different. I don't think that's really going to prepare him for a guy like Khabib, especially since Frank Yeager is talking about going down to 35. The strength and, and, and everything's going to be completely different. Whatever. Um, I think it should be Tony Ferguson. I think Tony Ferguson deserves a payday. I think there's a lot of people out there who do, don't know Tony Ferguson, believe it or not. I don't think there's... I could, I could text Austin, my buddy, who's been on the podcast several times, has watched fights with me relentlessly over the years. He, could, he wouldn't know Tony Ferguson. Another buddy who lives in New York who casually watches the sport, knows Conor McGregor, probably knows Khabib, wouldn't know Tony Ferguson. After a fight with Conor, win, lose, or draw... People become more aware of Tony Ferguson. I think that makes the most sense. And it's going to be an absolute cracker, as they say in Australia, of a fight. It would be an incredible fight. Who wouldn't pay to see that in fight? 
be awesome, right? Tony's not booked with anybody. He's waiting out the title fight. Give him a payday with Connor, and let's fucking go. But overall, I thought the interview went pretty well. I'm a Connor stan. I'm a Connor guy. Um, people are going to hate on Connor no matter what he does, what he says. That's life, right? That's going to happen. But I do think it was a, it was a pretty good interview, and um, and I and I think he uh, he's excited to get back to fighting. Hopefully, he gets back to fighting. That's the the most important thing. Um, another little bit of news here for one of my guys. You know, we talked about my guys here. It's actually a twofer. Uh, the MSG card on November is really shaping up. Um, Colby Covington versus Kamar Usman. That is rumored to be the main event. They haven't signed anything yet, but I think it's pretty much everything's signed except maybe, you know, a couple little, you know, things here or there. Uh, but Darren Till versus Kelvin Gaslam is announced, is official for uh, MSG in November. I tweeted this out and I stand by it. Um, I love Darren Till. He's my guy. Uh, hate this fight for him. Hate it. And one of the reasons I hate it is because he's coming off two losses. If he was still undefeated and just couldn't make 170, he was like, I got to go up to 85. I would love this fight. I'd have all the confidence in the world. But he's coming off two losses. An ugly loss. I mean, he didn't win a second of that Tyron Woodley fight. The Jorge Masvidal fight, he looked good. Jorge Masvidal is an insane. I mean, we all see what he can do. He's, in, he's been around forever. He looked good coming in there. He was very hittable. Jorge landed some shots. Jorge took two years off, needed a little bit of time to find his footing, was setting him up with that left hook the entire fight. Darren Till didn't recognize it, got laid out by it. Guess who's got a pretty good left hand? That's Kevin Gaslam. I'm not worried about the size. I think I think Darren Till's going to be bigger than Kevin Gaslam. Kevin Gaslam fought at 170. I think he's a smaller 185-er. The problem is the skill. Um, I don't want Darren Till to go on a three-fight skid. I think that's going to hurt his confidence. I think he's kind of floundering a little bit with the stuff he's getting in trouble i don't know how he's reacting to these losses he just had a baby his coach has come out and said some shit about him you know i don't know where his head's at he's a young guy dana white came out and said we might have pushed him a little too fast you know what i think you might be right dana and i'm gonna take a little responsibility as well i think i pushed him a little too fast too Corey sanhagen and sadiq yusuf just became one of my guys they they went through an arduous audition process darren till after his fight i can't remember who he fought it's slipping my mind i'm per let me i just i have to look this up because it's gonna bother me he fought somebody right before cowboy right and proclaimed to be the best striker in the ufc then got the cowboy fight destroyed cowboy won me a lot of money i mean that's essentially one of the reasons he became my guy he won me a lot he was underdog against cowboy won me a good chunk of change was ecstatic um, who did he fight right before Cowboy? Okay, so he fought Bohan uh Bohan uh I can't pronounce his fucking name. That was uh he won by decision and then uh literally a month later oh excuse me. Oh they got these dates all weird. What? Yeah, okay, a month later in October he fought Donald Cerny. So um but the, the post fight speech was electric and that that got me. That was like, okay, so this dude, this dude doesn't fuck around. He became my guy really quick. So I think I'm a little responsible because I rushed him to be one of my guys. That's a list that, you know, very few are on and it takes a lot to live up to. And Darren Till, it's kind of floundered a little bit, but hate the fight. Hate the fight for Darren Till. I hate the matchup for him as well. Um, with that being said, I think the early lines have came out. I think Darren Till was a slight underdog, and which is surprising. I figured he'd be 
plus two. I think he's only a plus one right now. Uh, I think that obviously will change. Um, so I'm taking Darren Till. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the man. He's won me money before. Anything could happen, but um, right now on paper, in my mind, in my heart, I hate that matchup. And then Colby versus Usman. I love this fight. The more I watch Colby, the more. Uh, you know, because I, I I don't love him, right? I didn't think I thought I didn't think he was that good. He looked great in his last two outings. His cardio is insane. His style and Camaro's are very similar but very different. It's gonna be such an interesting thing. Colby is in your face, relentless. Uses speed takedowns, chain wrestles, lets you get back up just to take you down again to wear you out. Throws punches together pretty well, but kind of pity patty. He's not a big power guy. Moves really well with punches. But he comes forward. Kamar Usman comes forward too. Really heavy pressure. Grinder. Puts you against the cage. He works one takedown. He gets you down. He's keeping you down. He's keeping on top of you. Big strong guy for 170. His striking has looked good too. Doesn't train chain wrestle as much as Colby. But he's heavy on top. The one thing we haven't really seen Colby deal with is a guy coming out trying to wrestle him. He wrestles everybody. Kamar's going to come out and test that defensive wrestling against Colby. Striking, I think if they play out on the feet, Colby is definitely more active. He throws a lot of strikes. But Camaro, I know he hasn't really shown in the past, but he does have some power. His stand-up has looked really good. He kind of played it safe a little bit against T. Wood. He had a really good game plan because uh, Tyron's got a good right hand. But, man, the more I break down this fight. Now, Usman, one of my guys, again, um, I'm rocking with him, but this isn't good. You know, if someone would have told me two months ago before this, um, excuse me, before the Robbie Lawler fight, I would have said, oh, Usman's going to smoke him. Now, I'm like, maybe, maybe Colby's better than I give him credit for. And he absolutely is. Um, he's got so much heat right now, too. I mean, fuck me. The guy walked into the Honda Center last weekend or two weekends ago, whatever it was, and just had so much heat on him. It was bonkers. I mean, the guy is like, hate it, hate it. It's, it's wild stuff. Um... So I guess with, with the theme of sticking with my guys, uh, some news broke today. Oh, sad. Sad stuff. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to have to, right? Uh, some news broke today that, that BJ Penn got yet in another bar brawl in Hawaii. Um, TMZ released a video of him on top of a guy, back mount, throwing punches. And then maybe an hour later, they released another video of BJ Penn getting knocked out. BJ Penn who's never really been knocked out in the cage. I mean, yeah, yeah, your Rodriguez knocked him down and, and put him down with some heavy shots, but didn't put him out. BJ Penn got knocked out by some fat dude in Hawaii in a bar brawl. Now, BJ was probably drunk, and I saw the video. BJ was telling the guy to punch him, and he threw a right hand, and BJ kind of was like tucking his chin, but then the guy threw a left hook. BJ didn't see it coming, got flattened. Security or one of his team, whoever it was, trying to pick him up, trying to wake him up. <sighs> Never in a million years did I think this was going to happen to BJ Penn. I just didn't think it was going to happen. And now it's happening. He's falling apart. He's an alcoholic, probably. Maybe a drug addict. It's obviously it's not going well with his lady. She's out of his life. Um, the guy's really lost sight of reality. And, and the UFC booked him a fight. I mean, who does he, who's he fighting next? I can't. Nick Lentz, right? That's who he's, It was a grudge match with Nick Lentz. I mean, the guy just got knocked out this week. I, I, I don't know when the Nick Lentz fight is, but... I mean, how could the UFC... And then, not to mention, they reported that no one got arrested. How was that even possible? Like, there was a fight. A professional fighter was, you know, 
fighting a, I'm assuming a non-professional fighter and no arrests were made. Like, I think that's indicative of how BJ Penn has, his career has been ran. He surrounded himself with yes men. He's never really trained that hard. He's got a bunch of people telling him how great he is. He lives on his island in his state where he can do whatever he wants without getting in trouble. There's no accountability. Right now, he's went off and done different camps everywhere else. I get that, but he feels more comfortable in Hawaii or whatever. I'm just, guys, I just, it's it's headed down a bad road. It's already down a bad road. Um, he shouldn't be fighting anymore. And hopefully, if there is a real addiction problem, I mean, listen, if you get boozed up once or twice, cool. This is like his second or third bar fight in, in a matter of months. Something's going on, guys. I don't like it. I don't like it. And then the final thing about one of my guys, we'll get this out of the way. Don Madge, a friend of the podcast, has been on the podcast. I always love Don Madge. I'll never, ever not root for Don Madge. He is fighting. He's got a new opponent. He's fighting the Russian dude. The guy looked like uh, uh, um, the dude from no, the bad guy from uh, No Country for Old Men. He had that weird haircut. Uh, He apparently got popped for steroids, but didn't get popped for steroids. But maybe he did. I don't know. He hasn't fought in a while, but uh, he got he got pulled from the fight. Now he's fighting a newcomer, Fair Zium. Um, I believe he's French, maybe. Um, see some tape on him. Pretty well rounded, you know. Decent striking, decent ground. Not great everywhere. I don't think he's got overwhelming power. Kind of built like Don a little bit. Um, I've seen obviously all of Don's footage. I follow him on social media and all that stuff. He, you know, he looks sharp, right? His his jujitsu is he's a killer off his back right he's he's going for chokes he's going for arms he seems fired up he's talking about he's going to go in there and fucking finish this guy um i love it right we we it's been almost a year since we've gotten don madge i need i need that guy back right um i do truly think not just because he came on the podcast he was super nice to me and classy um he's one of the guys that really surprised me i think he's a really talented guy his record's kind of lopsided because he's kind of fought a lot of the same guys in south africa I think now that he's getting the training that he needs, you know, cyborgs went there. He's went to cyborg, you know, obviously that South African gym is kind of coming along a little bit. He's got that head trainer, Richie Kwan. Um, uh, the sky's the limit for this guy. I love that. He's getting the Abu Dhabi shot. Um, I believe they moved his fight to the first fight of the night. Uh, if, if MMA, if MMA junkie is correct. Um, I love this fight for Don Maggio. Fair Zium. I've looked him up. I watched tape on him. I've sent my I've sent my analysis to Don Madge. No, I did not, but I will. Um, I think this is a really winnable fight. And not only a winnable fight, but I think this is a fight that he can showcase himself and look really fucking good. I think he can come out there and be the killer that he is. Because if you, if you haven't seen Don Madge fight, go watch his UFC debut against Tay Edwards or T. Edwards, excuse me. Uh, I mean, he fucking just came out just hammering, right? Knocked him out in the second round with a devastating head kick. Came out blitzkrieged him and then got taken down and almost took his arm home with him. It was, it was was electric, electric fight. uh, Great debut. I've been itching for him to get back in there. I believe that fight was in October of last year. If I, if I remember correctly, excuse me, the little, the little one's got a runny nose, which means I'm sick now. So have kids. They said, or a ball of germs and you know you're running nose and you're kissing them making sure they feel better and you wake up with a sore throat that's how it works yeah so he fought yeah in october of last year against tia that was almost a year ago boys fuck me we need more dot magic you know see hopefully he stays a little more active 
I know South Africa is a bit of a travel no matter where he where he fights at. I know Abu Dhabi's I don't know how far that is. I'm not you know I'm not a map salesman, guys. Um, but I'm very excited for that fight. So well, I'm glad that he stayed on the card. I'm glad they didn't pull him. Glad they found a replacement. Fair Zim. Don't know you, pal, but you're dead. Okay? You're dead. Uh, another thing, Paige Van Zant went on, Aero Hawani. I tweeted about this as well. <sighs> Listen, Paige Van Zant, she went on Aero Hawani's show, and she said she makes more money doing Instagram posts than she does fighting. And that her this is her last fight in the UFC contract, and that she wants more money. Now, this is the problem I have with this. I think Paige Van Zant. I think every fighter deserves to get paid more money. What they put their bodies through, what they have to go through, 100%. I'm a big advocate. Hopefully, the UFC opens her checkbook to give her money. My biggest issue is the reason you get paid what you get paid is because you're not very good, right? Let's just let's just clear the air. Very hot, very marketable, not very good, right? You've never been champ. You've never been close to being champ. But you're you were a Reebok sponsored athlete, or you were in the commercials because of the way you look, right? You rose to prominence the way you look, and this isn't sexist. This isn't anything. This is truth. I think she's talented. I think she has talent. But I think if she fucks with anybody in the top ten, top five, she's getting fucked up. Now she's in one twenty five division, which is a little thinner. But at one fifteen, she wasn't touching anybody. Um, but I think. Again, she's marketable. There's different there's different aspects. However, the reason you're getting paid for your CBD oil, the reason you're getting paid for these things on Instagram is because you're in the UFC. You leave the UFC, you're still a very beautiful, hot MMA female fighter that they will still pay you for these sponsorships for a little bit. But you can go to Bellator and fight with your husband. Now he's in Bellator. You can go to PFL, right? But after a year right of you not winning after a year of it's only this hot girl you're not going to get the same money right with that being said i do think the ufc should pay her pay her money i don't care right she's marketable she's got all these things going for her let her make her money she's broken her arm like 50 fucking times i mean god knows she needs the money but let's be real right like you're not you know you're saying i make more money doing this than I do this i need all this money that's not gonna work like People need to learn how the UFC ticks and how the UFC works. That's not leverage, right? They're going to say, great, go make money on Instagram. We're not going to sign you to any more fights. Or if we do, this is what our offer is, take it or leave it. Because unless you're fighting for titles or unless you're going to really, really compete, you're just a hot girl that we got signed to the roster. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Uh, I do think Paige Van is very hot. I do think, I, you know, I, I maybe not well I don't really jump and tune in to watch her fight. I mean, I mean, I, I think she can be exciting, but I'm not, you know, I'm not running to my TV when she's on. I mean, that's just the truth. So um I just I want her to slow down. Slow down, Paige. We want you in the UFC. We want you making money, but let's slow down a little bit, okay? Uh the contender series was last night, and it was the finale. And I got to be honest with you guys, I was really disappointed with this, how many weeks, seven, eight weeks. Um, there's only one guy I can remember, and that's Brock Weaver, if I'm being completely honest with you. I thought he was electric. He just signed to fight uh, Thomas Gifford, I think, in his first UFC fight. 
That dude was electric. He went up a weight class. He's a 55. He fought at 70. Was supposed to fight Shabazian on week one or whatever. Got pushed back. Came in. Uh, great story. I like the kid a lot. I you know I followed him on all all social media. I like the dude a lot. He's the only guy I remember. You know I feel like there's been a lot of people that come through the contender series. I remember. Maybe I'm just not remembering guys. Maybe I'm just completely blanking. But, you know, you had the Alonzo Menafield, you had the Sugar Sean O'Malley's, you've had, you know, I mean, Greg Hardy, unfortunately, you've had some really top dudes come through there that have done well. Jeff Neal's another one. Now, this season, I, I literally, I can only remember Brock Weaver. I can't remember anybody else. I do remember the the one where Dana gave all five fights contracts, whatever like that. I, I just, I can't remember anybody that was on it, though. Right? You know, it just, you know, Phil Rowe won. He beat Shabazzian last week. That was pretty cool. He's down there at Mike Perry's gym in Florida. Um, he's an exciting guy. I like his I like his frame. I like his build. But other than that, you know, I don't I don't remember. I think it was a little disappointing. And I watched every week. I followed every week. I still do. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But yeah, Brock Weaver became to me the star of the show after that fight or after the this contender series. Um, you know, I think every season there's probably that one guy. I mean, Sugar Sean was season one. Um, season two, I guess you could have gave it to Greg Hardy. You could have gave it to uh, Alonzo Menafield because he's done well in the UFC as well. And then this this is the third season of it. I mean, Brock Weaver is, is taking it home. So very average, though. A little disappointed um, in the whole thing altogether. But um, yeah, that's my two cents. I don't have a lot. I don't have a, I don't have five cents on that. I just have two cents on that. Um, Rumble Johnson is planning a comeback in 2020 at heavyweight, and big who cares. Um, I, I, I saw this news. It was like breaking news from one of the, the MMA guys. I don't remember who it was. I don't care. Um, I saw this guy quit against Daniel Cormier to take a job with the Rams, right? Then that job became like a CBD weed thing. And then it became now he's a security guard at bare knuckle boxing. And I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't care. I think he's an exciting guy. I'm not a rumble guy. I think he's exciting. I think he's going to hopefully bring some things to heavyweight. He's a big, powerful dude. He obviously doesn't want to cut that weight anymore. I mean, I've seen him, you know, being a bodyguard at the at the fucking bare knuckle thing. He's giant. He's massive. Um, he's fought a heavyweight before. He's beat Andre Arlovsky. So, yeah, I mean, heavyweight needs talent. So, uh, I'm happy for Rumble. But I feel like he's going to come in. He's going to get a couple paydays. He's going to want to retire again. And, and then a couple years, he's going to come back. I don't like that. I, you know, you're either all in or all out. All in or all out. That's the way I feel. I know fighting's rough and he might need a break. He's young enough to take a break and, you know, but don't say you're retired, right? I kind of like what GSP did. GSP said, I'm going to step away for a while, right? And then he just never really found love. He came back for Bisping and now he's like done for good. He still trains, but he just never really found the love for competing. I respect that. I don't respect guys that go, I'm done. I'm retired. Two years later, it's like, I'm back. I'm ready to go. Just tell us you're taking a break. Right, like the Andrew Luck thing. Andrew Luck's, you know, getting rung through the whatever. You're tired at 29. The guy was body's falling apart. Right? He said, "I got to step away. I love football, but I, I can't just keep rehabbing and living my life this way." Right? And I, I you know, I, you know, you're walking away from a lot. I don't, you know, people call him a pussy and get mad at him. They booed him. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Just that's the way it is. It's his body. It's his life. Let him do what he does. One of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now. When not one of the, I mean, top five maybe. You make an argument. Not this is an NFL podcast. I don't know where I get, went down this road, but um, I don't like the word retirement. And then you come back and you come, you know, it's like Tito Ortiz does that every five fucking minutes. I'm retired. I'm coming back. I'm Sonnen does it as well. Just say I need a break, right? I don't want to hear the word retirement. That's just, I'm nitpicky. I know, 
But I just, it, it just, it is what it is. So I don't really care that Anthony Johnson's coming back. I, I, I just could give two shits about him coming back. Um, last two things before we get to the China picks. Indiana, you beautiful, beautiful firework selling motherfucking state. Legalized sports booking months ago. The fucking governor fast tracked it. Because they got casinos all over. Fast tracked it. We want this money. And let's get it up and running before Notre Dame plays. Notre Dame is in Indiana, if you didn't know. They play on Labor Day, maybe? So September 1st, Hollywood Casino, which is 20 minutes from my front door, is launching a sports book on September 1st. Six full days before UFC 242. Now listen, I place bets almost every weekend. I I have really restrained myself from mentioning online websites that I place my bets from. But now that I'm done doing that, right? I know I like having the comfort of placing a bet from my own home. Maybe I'm not done officially, but me driving down there, placing bets that I study all week and I'm confident in, is way better than me placing a hasty bet come Saturday night, which I'll probably still do. Anyway, Indiana, you're gorgeous. But the websites, my bookie, go fuck yourself. Boveda, Bovada, whatever, fuck you. Bet online, fuck you. Right? All you can go to hell. I would win money. I would, my book, let's start with my bookie. I had probably two years ago, you know, and we're gonna get real dollars here. We're not gonna talk units, right? Let's talk real dollars. I had about five grand on my bookie, right? I put in a hundred dollars. I started with a hundred fucking dollars. They gave me a hundred dollars for the bonus, which is a huge mistake because then you gotta fucking triple that if you want to cash out. So I fucking did and more. I was winning everything, hitting parlays. I was betting NFL overs, unders. I was killing it. I go to withdrawal. They um, said, nope, you can't withdraw right now. I said, well, what are you talking about? You took my money from my debit card. Why can't you put it back on? They're like, well, we, we don't have that set up right now. You, you're not qualified for that or whatever the fuck. Talk to like three different people. They're like, so we either can give you Bitcoin. I don't have Bitcoin. Okay, then we're going to have to send you a check. Okay, great. Send me a check. Three weeks. I didn't cash all of it out, right? Cash a big chunk of it out. Three weeks, maybe even more. I'm maybe undercutting. Could have been six weeks. Get a check. Have to sign for it. Wakes my wife up. I'm at work. Come home. It's in Canadian dollars. So I got to go cash it at my bank. They're looking at me like I got fucking 10 heads. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing with fucking a Canadian check? This is some shady shit. It's coming from some weird organization. They probably thought like I forged it. So I got hit. They, they cashed it, thankfully. And, and, and then they hit me with the fucking uh, like transfer fee or whatever the fuck, you know, uh, currency, whatever the fuck transfer. So I said, unbelievable, right? So then I go, you know what? Let me know. Because I've been able to withdraw before, like a wire transfer right to my account. So I finally got my money out of my bookie. I went to Boveda. That's what one of my buddies does. That's a website that I've been using a long time. They, I'm not a certain tier, so they wouldn't let me cash out. My buddy who's sitting right next to me, placing bets, is literally cashing out, getting sent to his bank in three or four days. 
they're saying I can't, I, I don't qualify for that. I said, what are you talking about? I got over a thousand dollars in there. I just put a thousand dollars in there and I didn't do so hot. I mean, I was probably up like 200. I said, let me cash off five. We can't do that. Okay. Send me a check. That's not available right now. The only thing, the only way you can get paid is Bitcoin. And I said, well, I don't have fucking Bitcoin. What do you want me to do with the money? I just put, how do I get my money out? I'm not going to use it. I don't want to bet with you guys. So what, what did I do? I literally had no option. So I just kept betting. I lose it. I win it. I lose it. I win it. It became my bankroll. But they wouldn't let me cash out. And then finally, like it opened up like, okay, you can withdraw now. or You can put it in there when I had, was already down like 300 bucks. So it's unbelievable to think. And listen, I know it's illegal. And I know they're offshore Canadian, whatever the fuck they are. They bill you from like the Philippines or whatever when, you, when they withdraw money from your account. Um, but I'm done with them, right? I'm done with them. I, you know, mobile bank or mobile betting isn't going to be available in any, and they're just right away. But God damn it. If I'm not going to go to Hollywood casino, beautiful Hollywood casino, 20 minutes down the road, place my bets. I'm going to go Friday. I might even go Saturday. I'm going to work all week on getting fucking uh, my Abu Dhabi picks tight. And I'm going to go there. I'm going to win some fucking money. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that ticket and I'm going to go back there the next day and cash out fucking cash. So thank you, Indiana. I'm very passionate about this. I'm very excited for doing this. Um, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I've had that. I live in Vegas. Go fuck you. Then, yeah, fuck you. I live in Jersey. I have it. Uh, you know, I'm jealous. I finally have it. It's not in Ohio yet. Not in Kentucky yet. But Indiana, thankfully, Cincinnati's a tri-state. I live right down the fucking road from you. And I'm very excited to be spending time at your lovely sports book. Because I'll go. I mean, I'll hang out. I'll get a fucking sandwich. I'll bring my spreadsheets that I don't have, but I'm going to start having. I'm going to bring my spreadsheets. Yeah, give me a sandwich. I'm going to play some better in a minute. Like, I love it. When I went to Vegas, that's all I wanted to do was sit at the MGM Grand with the fucking wall of screens and then the wall of all the lines and just sit there and fucking gamble all day. But I was with a fucking dumbass ex-girlfriend who wanted to go fucking to Hooters Casino. Like, fuck you, Hooters Casino. Oh, so I'm so excited. So thank you, Indiana. I have said some shit about you in the past. Um, I apologize for all of it. Um, I'm looking forward to spending a lot of time in there. And then FanDuel, which I love FanDuel. I actually am a big, uh, you know, component of FanDuel. I, I enjoy it. FanDuel, if you're listening, sponsor the podcast is a free ad. They're opening a FanDuel Sportsbook September 9th um, at Belterra Casino in Florence, Indiana, I believe it was. It's about 50 minutes away. It's about an hour. So when I go there, that's going to kind of be like an all-night thing. That's going to be like... Hopefully they get the fights because that'd be awesome to go there and watch a fight and just fucking rip off some bets and win some money. They're obviously going to have some food, which I like. Um, I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. It's going to be, it's everything I've ever won. Ever since I've been able to gamble, ever since really when I left Vegas, right? I'm like, man, I want a sports book so bad. And then Cincinnati got a casino, but obviously no sports book. So now it's finally happening. Listen, sports betting is a fucking billion dollar industry. Take my money. Give me some money. I'm fucking ready, dude. I'm ready. I'm sharp. I'm a fucking sharp or shark, whatever you want to say. I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully you can tell my voice. I'm very excited. I've said excited about a thousand fucking times, but um, ask me in about a month if I'm excited because I'm probably going to lose some uh, more than I win because that's gambling. But when you win, baby, oh, it feels good. It's sweet. That's sweet, sweet nectar. All right. Speaking of UFC 242, I know I'm going to get to the China picks right after this. Um, I'm kind of overlooking the China card because, you know, it is what it is. The main event's interesting. Uh, Dos Santos is an interesting cat. But, man, UFC 242 main event. I am so excited for this fight. 
Dustin Poirier, Peyton Fool, baby, pride of Louisiana versus Khabib, one of the pound for pound best. I mean, it's going to be an insane fight, and I've been breaking this down in my head. Obviously, I'm going to put money on it. Uh, I think Dustin Poirier is a plus two something favorite, or excuse me, underdog right now. Khabib is a minus three hundred, rightfully so. Um, God, listen, I've been I've been following uh, Anatomy of Fighter. They've been following Khabib. His training's going great. Uh, I am the Bay, aka all that on YouTube. Khabib is training like a freak. Looks to be in great shape. Dustin Poirier looks to be a little bit bigger. Now people forget Dustin Poirier is a good size forty five. He's not a small fifty five by any means, but he fought at forty five before. Like so, he you know he's been able to cut that weight. I'm glad he doesn't anymore. Khabib is a thick. I mean, he's not tall, but he's a thick fifty er There was talks about him going up to seventy at one point. He had some weight troubles. Early on in his career, um, obviously a big, strong fucking grappler. I mean, he mauls people, and that's what he says he wants to do. To Dustin, Dustin's doing hashtags on Instagram called doc, uh, hashtag Wide Body. He's looking big. He's looking thick. I think that was intentional. I think he's coming in, putting on a little muscle, putting on a little strength. Um, his cardio looks insane. He, he showed a picture on his Instagram story of his heart resting heart rate. It's like 34. And his when he was actually going, it was like a 76 heart rate. That's my heart rate right now, 76. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sitting here doing nothing. Um, in incredible shape. And I know Khabib's coming to shape. Khabib's respect Dustin. He did kind of say some shit like, oh, well, I've already beaten everybody that's beat Dustin. I don't really understand why people think this guy's going to get me. You know, it's a bad attitude. Don't have that attitude, I don't think, right? Um, but... You know, I don't. All right. So I think what's happening is now that I can place this bet and get the money same day, next day, real fucking money instead of waiting six weeks. I'm getting a little happy and a little excited thinking Dustin Poirier has a shot in this fight. Um, I think Dustin Poirier is an incredible fighter. He blew me away in the Max Holloway fight. I think. Khabib is his worst style matchup. We've never seen him fight a style like this. He's not great off his back. He knows how to defensive wrestle pretty well. He's got a good Darce choke, but I don't think he's going to catch Khabib in that. Khabib is very, very good. Um, if you watch Khabib against anybody, his 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 reflexes on the feet are lightning quick. His hands are better than what people expect. I mean, Dustin Poirier has better hands in boxing, but Khabib can hang on the feet a little bit, right? He's very confident. He took, I mean, he takes rounds off. I've watched all of Khabib's last three fights. I've watched all of Poirier's last three fights. Poirier isn't the quickest guy in the world. He knows distance and range really well. He knows he has a good jab, has a good left hand. His timing's perfect. That doesn't work with Khabib all that well because Khabib is, is really fast, fast twitch muscles, get you down on the ground, single leg, chain wrestle, get you down. He's going he's to pound him down. If Dustin can survive the first two rounds, Khabib always takes a couple rounds off. He always does. He did it with Al. He did it with Connor. He took the fucking third round off against Connor. Everyone's like, oh, that was Connor's best round. Well, yeah, it was. And I love Connor. But listen, Khabib took it off. If he takes off a round against Dustin, Dustin's got enough heart, enough fucking power, and enough cardio to really make that round be miserable. We've never seen Khabib really lose a round. I mean, you can argue the third round with, with Connor. You can argue the first round with Michael Johnson, even though I just rewatched that fight. I don't think he lost that. Uh, I don't think he lost any of the rounds against Ayala Quinta, even though Ayala Quinta showed up pretty tough. This is a different beast here. This is a different beast, boys. Uh, you know, I think I'm a little, I think I need to think about it a little more. I'm obviously not going to go run and put $100, $1,000 on fucking Dustin, but. 
the more I think about it, the more I think they're preparing right for this guy. And he's a bad matchup for Dustin, but I think Dustin's dangerous, more dangerous. I don't think Khabib can finish Dustin. I think Dustin could catch Khabib with a hand. That's what I'm saying. I'm not putting false hope in anything. I think Khabib is one of the best in the world. I need to think about it. I need to, I need to think about it, guys. I need to think about it, okay? I, I, may, I went a little too far there. I'm trying to break down the fight. I'm going to do that next week. Um, but listen, Dustin Poirier, he looks in incredible shape. Khabib always comes in great shape lately. It's in Abu Dhabi, which is basically Khabib's backyard. I know he's from Russia, but I mean, Abu Dhabi is a lot of Muslims. So it's kind of enemy, enemy territory if you're if you're Dustin Poirier. But man, I'm excited for that fight. I'm I'm so excited for that fucking fight. Can't believe it. All right. So UFC China. That's the money sign. That's the cash register going. Let's do some picks here. Gonna kind of go through them a little quickly because again, um, I can't pronounce half the names. I haven't seen half these people fight. I don't follow China MMA all that well, believe it or not. I'm sorry. Um, so we're, we're going to go, I've looked at the records. I've done my research. So it's not like I'm winging it here, but you know, we're going to do our best. All righty, boys. All right. First fight of the nights we have. Okay. See, so don't laugh when I mispronounce these names so bad, because I literally don't think there's an easy name on this fucking fight card, but we're going to do our best. So the first fight of the night is Bagriel Donna. He is six and one. He's a minus one fifteen favorite. Pick him. He is fighting Healy Ostelang, who's twelve seven and one. He's a minus one oh five pick him favorite underdog. Whatever you want to look at it. Um, I looked at these guys' records. I think they're both making the UFC debut. Healy's kind of got a weird record with twelve seven and one. He has been finished a lot. He's fought some tough guys. Seems like be a striker. Uh, Bagarel Dana is uh, a little more well-rounded. He has a more impressive record. Again, both these guys banning weights quick. Um, making the UFC debut, it's going to be a feeling out process because both guys usually, or most guys when they make the UFC debut, first fight of the night as well, they're going to feel each other out. They're both pretty evenly matched. That's why the line the way it is. I'm going to pick Dana though. Um, I don't know if that's an underdog, upset, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to pick Dana. It's a pick em fight. Um, I don't like the seven losses. I mean, seven losses before you get to UFC to me is is a big red flag. So I'm gonna pick uh, Dana to win this fight, probably by finish, because um, uh, Healy, excuse me, that's his name, um, has been finished before with again seven losses. So I'm gonna go with Dana. Dinah, excuse me. It looks like Dana uh, again. I'm a, a dumb American. I don't know how to pronounce it. All right, next up we have Carol Rosa, who's eleven and three versus Laura uh, Propicola, Propia. Both Brazilian women. Um, uh, Carol is eleven and three. She is a plus one hundred underdog, and Procopio Pro, Pro is six and zero, oh, and she is a minus one twenty favorite. Um, I looked at the records, and Laura is uh, training at Nova Uval. Uh, if I even pronounce that right, Josalda's jo gym. She seems like to be a really good grappler, strong grappler on top, making a USC debut as well. Carol Rosa has more experience, has a better record. Um, uh, and, and has looked talent. I, again, I looked up both these women. Um, I believe she's making a UFC debut, right? Did she debut? No. Okay. So she's making a UFC debut as well. She's got a couple losses by submission. Um, so that's why I'm going to pick Laura. I'm going to pick the slight favorite at minus 120. Uh, Laura, proper, I'm not going to pronounce her last name again. I'm not going to embarrass myself. But 6-0. Seems like she could get this fight to the ground. Probably end in submission. She's, again, really good grappling, really heavy on top. Um, yeah, so I, I look for a win for her. Next up, you got Demir Ismagulov. 
Fucking nailed it. 18 and 1. He is a minus 190 favorite fighting Tiago Moses, who is 12 and 3. He is a plus 155 favorite. This was the first fight that I was was intrigued to take the underdog because Tiago, both these guys have fought in the UFC. Both have done well. Demir has not lost in the UFC yet. Tiago Moses has fought some tough guys. Does have uh, some losses in there in the UFC. I believe his last fight came off a loss. No, okay, so he beat Kurt Hullabub by decision and lost to Benil Darius by decision. And then uh, that was his UFC debut. Came from a contender series. Um, grappling base, good, tough dude. Decent striking. Uh, Demir's looked on point since coming here to the UFC. He's won every fight by decision. Uh, tough guy to get down. Tough guy to really strike with. I think he's pretty sharp on the feet. I think he's not going to really be interested in getting this fight to the ground unless he's on top. I think his grappling exchanges um, maybe not be as be as good as Tiago because I think Tiago has better jiu-jitsu, but I think uh, Demir is a little bit stronger and probably more positionally better. Um, I think he's not going to be worried about submissions when he's just going to be worried about position and kind of riding out the fight. I see Demir winning this fight probably by decision. Um, but uh, again, this is an interesting fight to take. Maybe he's your first dog of the night, uh, but I'm not going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on it. I'm going to take Demir. Uh, next up, you got Dong Un or Da Un Jung, who's 11 and two. He is a plus 215 underdog. He's fighting K- Khalid, Khalidis, Abrigmog, Abragmov, Abragmov. There you go. He's 8-0. He's a minus 260 favorite. One of the biggest favorites on this card, I believe. That's not true. Dos Santos. So let's see. Dos Santos is a favorite. Um, don't know anything about these guys, right? Uh, both decent records. Uh, Dong Ung Jung has, again, he's a Korean guy with a great fucking name. Um, has a lot of wins by elbows, TKOs. Uh, decisions his only one loss is by or he's got two losses excuse me both excuse me Kimura and uh decision loss crumb from a uh, korean top team which is a really really talented school in korea obviously i believe dong young kim comes out of there good grappling based they're usually strong guys um this is a light heavyweight fight and uh Khalidis abragamov uh, making his UFC debut as well. Come from M1 Challenge. A lot of his fights are ended by the deci- or excuse me by submission. So it looks like a, maybe a submission, uh, grappling versus uh, uh, striking here. Even though the Korean top team guys usually do have some fucking lights out grappling, good judo, uh, like Dong Yang Ma, um, Dong Yang Kim. Excuse me, Dong Yang Ma. No, Dong Yang Kim. Uh, I'm gonna pick Kalidis uh, here. I think he is a fucking big Russian bear. I think he's gonna get this fight to the ground. Um, I think he's going to dominate when he's on top. Um, I just hope he doesn't. He gets a little reckless with his with a stand up. I hope he, he's undefeated, so he's obviously never lost. But he is hittable. Uh, I've never seen Dong Ong Jun fight. I try to watch highlights of him. It was kind of a weird video. I kind of turned it off really quickly. If I'm being honest with you, has a lot of wins by kind of the same kind of thing. So it looks like he he kind of maybe wants his fight to the ground as well. Again, this is kind of maybe cancel each other out. Who's better at what? I'm going to bet the Russian bear on this one. Uh, next up, we have Andre Sukuma, who's 13 and 7. He is a, excuse me, minus 165 favorite. He is fighting Sue Majarji. Huh? Um, Sue Majarji. That's not how you pronounce his name. I'm going to go Sue, right? He's obviously fighting out of China. Uh, excuse me, not obviously. That's terrible to say that, Brian. Uh, he's, which is weird. He's, he made his UFC debut coming off a loss by a choke and he lost to Lewis Smoker by armbar. That had been a while ago, right? Yeah, back in November. So it's been almost a year since he has fought. Um, he's fighting Andre Sukuma, a guy who I have criminally underrated. Uh, very tough dude. Uh, good grappler. Good positions. Good striking. It's going to be hard to finish in there. 
Um, I see him probably steamrolling this fight. I'm taking another favorite. Sukuma only at a minus 165. I feel like he should be a little higher than that if I'm being honest with you since uh, Sue doesn't have a UFC win. He's coming off two straight losses. I know it's in his native China, so you're going to go with maybe the hometown guy here. Andre Sukuma's got to travel a far far away to i think he's a west coast guy so he's gonna make this happen uh really far away from home but um i like sukuma i think he's again criminally underrated i've underrated him pretty much his entire career so sukuma's gonna get this one uh next up you got anthony hernandez who is six and one he's a minus 205 favorite he is fighting jung young park who's 10 and three he's a plus 165 underdog um anthony hernandez coming off the contender series and then he made his ufc debut i believe he lost um, a guy I'm not overly impressed with. I wasn't impressed with him on the contender series. He had a real quick TKO uh, win, which turned to a no contest. I think he got popped for something. He lost his UFC debut last time out. Jung Young Park is a guy who has a lot of finishes on his record. Again, fighting with that that, that talented team at a, at a Korean top team. He's got wins by TKO. He's got wins by choke. He's got losses by choke as well. I think he's a solid guy. I think he's a solid pick to get an underdog. It's your first underdog of the night. I'm going to go with Jung Young Park. I think this is a little bit... Um, I think Anthony Hines is priced really high. Jung Young Park, a guy making his GFC debut... Doesn't have the most impressive record. Doesn't have the most impressive resume. Has been finished before. Anthony Hernandez is a guy that is a little hyped. People do like him. I can see why he's the favorite. I think he's ballooned a little high. I I think you, you're you going to need the underdog. I'm not going to pick all chalk. I think this is a guy that's really can get it done. I think he's a good grappler. I think he can take the fight to the ground. And I think he can finish on the ground. He's got a lot of finishes by either TK or submission. So I, I like Jung Young Park in this fight as well as, as making his UFC debut and getting a win. All right, next up, you got Young Woo, who's 10-2. and two. He is, uh, or excuse me, I, I missed that. That's a woman, excuse me. Kyung Song, who's 14-5. and five. He is a minus 110 Pickham versus Derek Krantz, who's 24-11. He's, he's a minus 110 as well. Derek Krantz made his UFC debut against fucking Vicente Luque, which is impossible. He was on Dana White's looking for a fight. Been around a long time. Tough dude. Um... Look good against Vince, Vincente Luque in, in a couple minutes in that fight. I know he took the fight on crazy short notice. Big power from Krantz. Has been finished before. Kyung Song isn't the most impressive guy, in, in my opinion. Um, he's, he's obviously from China. He's um, coming off a loss to Alexander Moreno. He has a good win over Bobby Nash and Hector Odana. So he's 2-1 in the UFC. Um, another guy come, got a UFC shot after, after getting... Uh, after coming off some losses, he has been finished before. Fourteen and five record, not overly impressive. I think this is a really good fight for Derek Krantz. I think Darren Krantz is a is a fucking savage. I think he's a guy that uh, I wouldn't say marketable, but I think he's a guy that can draw some interest and really put some really good fights out there. I think he's coming to fight every time he fights. Right? I think he's a guy that you match him with anybody. It's going to be a fight. This could be fight of the night right here. I'm taking Krantz. That could be an underdog. I don't know what that's going to end up as. It's a pick em right now. We'll see how the line closes. I threw the cash register in there because we're talking money. I'm going with Krantz on that one. All right, next up, you got Yang Wu, who's 10-2. She is a plus 100 underdog. She's fighting Mizuki Inunu, who is 13-5. She's a minus 120 favorite. I do not know anything about either of these women. Excuse me. Mizuki trains out of Ray Longo's gym. Ray Longo shouted her out. Um, on the Anik Florian podcast. I usually don't pick against Sierra Longo. My mother's from Long Island. Um, I have New York roots. I typically go with Long Island people. However, Yan Ru is a plus 100 underdog. I need the money. I need the underdogs. This is the bowl of spaghetti you fight. Like spaghetti and meatball? This is the bowl. Let me, let me play that again. This is spaghetti and meatball you fight. You like spaghetti and meatball? 
This is what that fight is. Spaghetti and meatball. That's what it is. Uh, throw, Put their names on the board. Throw some fucking spaghetti. See uh, see which one sticks. I'm going with the underdog, though. Next up, you got Zhang Lu, who is 18 and 5. He is a, excuse me, right? Yeah, plus 410 underdog. He is fighting Mozva Evelov, who is 11 and 0, who is a minus 600 favorite. I looked up this guy. He's the biggest favorite on the card. He is an absolute force to be reckoned with. He is a Russian fucking robot, like they all are over there. Finishes by decision, finishes by TKO, finishes by head kick, rear naked choke. Full package for this guy. Uh, Zing Lu. Zhang Hong Lu, uh, I believe how you pronounce this, making his UFC debut. Um, never been finished, or excuse me, he has been finished a bunch of times before I'm now getting his record. Deep record. I think this is essentially a fight to showcase uh, this Russian dude is making his UFC debut, Mozart Evelov. Um, so I'm going to go with Mozart. I'm going to go with the huge favorite. Don't bet it, though. Why would you bet it? Uh, next up, you got Mark De La Rosa, who's 11-2. and He's a plus 188 underdog versus Kaikar France. Who is 19 and 7. Kaikar France is kind of my guy, even though I, I've been on Mark De La Rosa all week. I thought he is a really interesting underdog. Um, however, I, I've went back and looked at some of his tapes. I think Kaikar can stuff his takedowns and really piece him up. Frank Kaikar France has great hands, good takedown offense, not great off his back, good takedowns himself. Um, I feel like he needs to stuff Mark De La Rosa takedowns and really put some hands on him to win this fight. I, I'm good to go with Kaikar France. I hate the number next to his name. I will not be betting this fight, but officially I'm going to pick Kai Car France. Next up, you got Eliza Zazeki Dos Santos versus Jingling Lee, the leech. Dos Santos is 20, uh, Dos Santos is 21 and five. He is a minus 310 favorite. He is, uh, and leech is plus 240. Very interesting fight. The leech, you know, one of the biggest stars coming out of China next to the, next to the Wally Zhang in the main event. Um, a guy who can really, you know, not great on the ground, but good striker. He's long. He hits hard. Dos Ecos, or excuse me, I always say Dos Ecos. What is that? That's a fucking beer, isn't it? Dos Santos, Capoeira. He's got some exciting style. He's got some good wins on his record. Um, I think the Leeds, this is a little bit step up in competition for him. Um, Dos Santos is incredible on the ground. Uh, he's got great submissions. He's a killer on the ground. The Leech, not so much on the ground. I'm going to go with Dos Santos, even though he's a heavy favorite. I'm going to actually get bet this fight as well. He's going to be my lock of the night. Um, trying to wrap this up a little bit quicker for you guys. I'm going to go lock of the night for Dos Santos. Um, nothing against the Leech. I know he performs well in, in Asia. He does well in China. And he's kind of a star. He's got his daughter there, all that stuff. Co-main event. Um, but I, I like Dos Santos coming in. And, and This fight was supposed to be booked forever ago. Never happened. Um, I see Dos Santos winning this fight, probably by submission, finishing it before the bell for sure. And then I see him maybe getting a top 15, top 10 guy. All right, main event, Jessica Andrade, who's a minus 190 favorite, uh, 20 and 6, 20 and 6 versus Wally Zhang, who's 19 and 1, who's a plus 155 underdog. Very intrigued by this fight. Jessica Andrade is a beast. She looked at it good against Rose. Uh, it was like 100 days ago. She took this fight on relatively short notice. Um, big, strong, powerful woman, good takedowns. Wally Zhang. Big, strong, powerful woman with good striking. So w- what's going to happen here is Andrade, is, is, I think, has better cardio, and she's going to push the pace. I think Zhang has a good front kick. I think she has a little bit better striking. I don't think she has as much power, but I think her striking and her movement is going to really throw Andrade off in the first round. I think Andrade is going to want to make this fight ugly. She's going to get this fight to the ground like she did Rose. I think her takedowns are some of the best in that division. Every woman that's fought her says she's incredibly strong. I believe it. But Wally Zhang is fucking giant. She's bigger. 
um, for this weight. I don't know how this this woman makes one fifteen. Um, she wouldn't, you know, they they reference this on the Anna Florian podcast. I feel like I'm talking about that a lot. I mean, Jesus, they should pay me at this point now. They reference that um, she wouldn't be getting this fight unless it, if it wasn't in China, which is true. She wouldn't, but it is in China. She is getting it. Um, I believe she's undefeated in the UFC. I know she doesn't have the most impressive, uh, you know, 19 and one, but a lot of her wins are against nobodies. She is currently four um, zero in the UFC. Daniel Taylor, Jessica Aguilar, Tisha Torres, um, two decisions, one finish. Now she gets a title shot in China. I think she's well accomplished. I think she's tough. And I need underdogs. I'm taking the underdog. I think we're going to get a new champion in uh, in Wally Zhang. I think she's going to get it done. I'm not super confident in that fight. But again, I need underdogs. I need dogs. I need to make that money, guys. So that's UFC China. I'm sorry that I ran through that so quickly. But it's getting a little late here. I want to post this. We're at an hour now. And I think I was going to run an hour, even though this is kind of a, a double epi. Um, but that's it. I'll talk to you guys next week. I'll probably have two next week recap this weekend and then we'll go uh ufc 242 pickums um probably have devin on again because it's a pay-per-view and uh yeah we'll do it boys all right i'll see you next week you want to take it from the top yeah let's try it okay he will rock you he Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?